Buenos dias, Raider Nation. It's a Friday on the morning tailgate, and the Raiders' Spanish play-by-play voice, Harry Ruiz, joins us now on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. And the great host, editor, writer of Raiders.com slash Espanol, it's Harry Ruiz here with us on the morning tailgate. Buenos dias. Good morning to you, sir. How are you? Doing fantastic, guys. Good morning. Happy weekend. Yeah, absolutely, Harry. Happy to have you on, as we always do. And uh, today at the Draft Combine, we're going to see workouts from the tight ends and the defensive backs. Uh, the defensive backs room is something the Raiders need to add to at some point. So what type of prototype are you looking for in a player to add to that particular room? I mean, you, you look at what the Raiders have had in that locker room, and there's a diversity when you talk about skills, about physicality, about what players bring to the table, because a lot of people, when Amik Robertson was drafted, they were like, he's too small. Mm-hmm. He can't bring it. And then every year, uh, I know when the roster projections come out from some of our fellow media members, Amik Robertson was one of the final cuts. And every year he made that roster and every year he kept improving. He kept doing his thing. So, of course, you would love to have a guy that's a 6'1", lengthy guy that has a range that can um, be able to cover uh, big offensive weapons when it comes to wide receivers, when it comes to tight ends. But you know that it all comes to the kind of dog that he has in him. And, like, you look at Amik Robertson, and no pun intended because he was a bulldog in Louisiana Tech, but he was a, he was a dog out there on the field, and every year he improved, and I would love the Raiders to bring him back and uh, we'll see what happens there but if not you know that they're going to go through the draft and with all the picks hopefully they get a diamond in the rough there. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because there's certain things that go beyond the kind of tangible measurements, especially when it comes to like defensive tackle. Uh, John Jenkins, for example, and Adam Butler, who are kind of like pending free agents. But John Jenkins at age 34, when he came to the Raiders, everyone like the immediate profile is like slow footed uh, ages keep it you know, crept up on him. Absolutely not the case. Adam Butler, undersized for his position, small arms, can't uh, win the one on ones. Absolute garbage. Uh, he did that all year, and so did Jenkins. And absolute force. I love watching Jenkins and Butler out there working their magic. And uh, you know, it's like you almost have to say, like, if you're looking for defensive tackles in the draft, uh, they have to go and compete with the kind of heart and skill and experience that you saw with Jenkins and Butler last year. Yeah, and you look at these two guys, Jenkins and Butler. They were projects for the Raiders. They were coming off of seasons that weren't good for him. Heck, I mean. You look at Adam Butler, and he hadn't played since 2021. He was released because he failed a physical in 2022 with the Miami Dolphins and didn't play that year. He comes to the Raiders. He did a great job. You look at John Jenkins. He was coming off of a couple of seasons with the Dolphins. He comes to Las Vegas. He has a good season, too. So these are guys that uh, the Raiders brought in. And, I mean, when you go next to a guy – like uh, Max Crosby, you've got to try to be on his level and yes. try to match that energy every day. And look at this, Max Crosby, a five-year veteran in the NFL, and now he's the talk of the town when it comes to uh, the draft out there in Indianapolis. All the kids are talking about him, that they want to be the next Max Crosby or they want to be like Max Crosby. That's pretty impressive. Talking to Harry Ruiz, voice of the Raiders play-by-play for the Spanish side. And I don't think there's been one knock said against J.J. McCarthy, at least in the last week, last couple weeks, maybe ever. Uh, But some mocks have him sneaking all the way into the top five. I think he's almost better served by being second fiddle to Michigan's running game because sometimes the most attractive things are the things you haven't seen yet. Are you buying into McCarthy's rising stock? I mean, he's a winner. You look at what he did in college and – 
all he did was pretty much win, 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 and he's up there as uh, one of the top prospects when it comes to the quarterback position. Of course, uh, Michigan, you look at the amount of prospects they got out there at the Combine this week in Indianapolis, and it's ridiculous. Most in history for a school, he was surrounded by talent, and that squad was more talented than any squad in college football, and that's why they went and won the national championship. So he was protected you could say it that way with all the talent that was around him and you can look at similar situations when you talked about Alabama quarterbacks in the past where Alabama would win national championships but their quarterbacks would get drafted in the NFL later in the draft and they wouldn't end up being a world beater when it came to ability in the NFL so I don't want to bite right now and be like yeah J.J. McCarthy is going to take him take uh, whichever team he's on the whole way I don't think that's the case right now, but there's quarterback needies in, needy teams in the NFL. Somebody's going to bite, and he, let's see if he delivers there. But at the moment, I'm still not buying all the J.J. McCarthy hype um, because he was just surrounded by so much talent in Michigan that uh, I want to see him when he makes it to the NFL to see if he's able to do what like a Tom Brady did. Yes, Came out of Michigan mm-hmm. and, and won all those Super Bowls. Oh, that's a really good idea because, yeah, you're, you're on a, a national championship team as Tom Brady was, but how much were you part of that formula? And uh, obviously you played well and the stats looked good, and even then Brian Greasy was the starter and Tom Brady was kind of like the backup on those teams. But the point is, is that what do we know about J.J. Uh, outside of now the team that was glorified? Can you handle it on your own? And that kind of goes to the part in which this week, um, on Wednesday especially, when Antonio Pierce spoke to the media, he said they're going to go after a franchise quarterback and not a Band-Aid at that position. What did that tell to you? What did sink into you when you heard those words? I mean, that makes me feel that they're not going to close the door on the trading future draft stock and being That's able right. to go for their guy if they fall in love with someone in the top three picks. And we know that the New England Patriots, they're going to be open for business if there's a a big package coming their way when it comes to draft picks. They they might be able to be be in business for that. So uh, if the Raiders fall in love with one of the top three guys, I wouldn't be shocked if they go up there, especially when you look at the success rate when it comes to first-round draft picks for the silver and black in recent years. So, uh, I mean, it sucks to say it right because we would love to get first-round draft picks that are uh, franchise changers, and we hope that Tyree Wilson becomes that after his first year. We saw him grow throughout the season, and hopefully he becomes a success story. But before that, you got the Alex Sutherwoods of the world, Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, uh, Jonathan Abram, Cleland Furrell. I mean, you look at first-round draft picks from 2016 until now from the Raiders, and you pretty much just put Colton Miller and Josh Jacobs in their own category and everyone else. You're talking about guys that they didn't make it out of their rookie contracts with the Raiders, and you want guys that you're extending. So if you end up sending two or three first-rounders to another team to get your quarterback because you're convinced is your guy, go for it. And hopefully your scouting department ends up, ends up finding the Max Crosbys of the world, the Hunter Renfros of the world, the guys that come in late in the draft like Nate Hobbs and end up being difference makers in your team. Uh, we're talking to Harry Ruiz as he joins us each and every Friday at on the gate at 8 a.m. I'm not sure how much of the combine you took in yesterday, but were you particularly impressed with any of the defensive linemen enough to say this is somebody that we really need to prioritize and, and maybe be that second option if that big trade for the quarterback doesn't transpire? I mean, when you started looking at that kid from Texas uh, that a lot of people are, Byron Murphy, that are putting on the Raiders' uh, 
on their on their radar because they're in the 13th pick, and you look at that guy and his weight running a 40, 487, and you're like, hey, you know what? He's impressive. You look at his length, you look at his strength, and you're like, guys that big ain't supposed to move that fast, and they aren't supposed to look like that. But they're freak, uh, physical freaks right now in this world that uh, it just keeps on growing in the NFL where it's like, how do these guys do that? You look at a guy like that, and you're like, hey, you know what? If they don't go quarterback, I want a guy like that up the middle to wreak havoc and open spaces for the DNs on that off, on that defensive line. So uh, I, obviously that guy, he, he opened a lot of eyes, including mine yesterday. Did uh, anything that Tom Telesco say this week kind of open your eyes about Josh Jacobs talking about we want to explore options to keep Josh Jacobs? Uh, what does that signal to you, and what do you think uh, the running back market is for somebody like Jacobs, especially with Saquon Barkley, now a free agent as well? Yeah, no, you look at, at Josh Jacobs, and obviously one of the objectives from the Raiders is to keep their free agents and their guys that act, have success, the guys that actually uh, mark a difference in this team that they end up drafting, and they were able to do that with some of the other fellows that were successful in that 2019 draft, and obviously Jacobs, because he's a first-rounder, he had that fifth-year option that was declined, but they ended up using the franchise tag, they ended up getting him a one-year deal, and now it's time to make another decision and his position is very interesting because the running back position has been very devalued in the NFL so I think the Raiders want to keep him now they just gotta get a deal done where both sides are happy satisfied to keep on going and obviously Josh Jacobs the last thing he said in the locker room after that final Raiders win against the Broncos was that if AP continued with the team he wanted to stay with the Raiders and look at that AP is still the head coach so hopefully both sides are able to get a deal done that satisfies both the player and the team. Talking to Harry Ruiz here, and earlier this week, we kind of got a surprise announcement from Shohei Otani. Apparently he got married. This is like the most millennial thing ever, but you either have this giant wedding and you make everybody fly out and pay for everything, or you just get married and let everyone know. But you're such a fan of the Dodgers. You're obviously very excited for his inclusion on that roster this year and going forward. So if you had the address to send a wedding gift, what would you send him? And his, and his new bride. He has a $700 million contract, Lindsay. He don't need no gifts. He don't need no gifts. You're going to make him a card or something? You're going to do like a hand turkey? I mean, there's a lot of different options. It doesn't have to be like an expensive watch. He's almost a billion-dollar man. He should be giving every Dodger fan a gift right now. Not the other way around. Hey, we, we give him a like on Instagram. That's, that's, as long as, <laughs> that's as far as my gift is going to go for him. He's, he's too rich. Uh-huh. And that's just his, his contract money. Don't even talk I'm about it. I'm just trying to celebrate love, Harry. Celebrating love. I want to celebrate a World Series. Look, if the Dodgers win the World Series this year, I'll send them a get uh, to work, wedding show, gift hey. to yeah. Dodger Stadium. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. I mean, it's like, yeah, were, were you standing and cheering when he hit that opposite field homer? Uh, was it late last week uh, in spring training? We were like, yes, yes. I can feel it. I could, I could see the gold on my hand. Yeah, no, it was this Tuesday, and I actually, I was, I was watching the game with my girlfriend, and I was like, first at bat, he's going to strike out, and bam, he struck wow. out. Second at bat, he had a runner on first. I was like, he's going to ground into a double play. He grounded into a double play. My girlfriend's like, how are you calling this? I was like, eh, I know my team. And then the last at bat, I was like, okay, here he's going to hit a home run. Bam, he hit the home run. I was like, all right, good. There you go. I was happy that he got that home run. But, hey, it's baseball where if you fail in seven out of ten tries, you're a good player, so – 
I knew, I was like, all right, if he gets one hit and three at-bats, I'll be happy. And it ended up being a home run. Oh, I, I was just going to say, are you going to have like a little party, maybe a little champagne toast when LeBron James surpasses 40,000 points for his career? Oh, He's I, only nine away. I know. I'm going to be waiting for him to retire so I can go watch the Lakers again. No, you're going to be in body paint. <laughs> that's what you're going to do with, the, with that. Or you're going to have one of those jerseys that's a little sliver of every single jersey that he's worn. It's this compilation. Like Donna Kelsey is going to be jealous of you by the end of the weekend. Oh, no. If you do a compilation of all the jerseys he's worn, you're going to need like uh, 5XL to be able to fit all of them with all the teams he's played for. There's a lot of padding there. Harry, great stuff, man. We absolutely love your work at Raiders.com slash Espanol. You write, you host, you coordinate, you edit, you do it all there. Uh, you know, and, and you know, it's a, at times at Raiders headquarters too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, what do you expect? I mean, to come out of the, uh, the NFL draft combine, because I think AP definitely made some news this week, kind of talking about the, the foreign franchise quarterback of the future, but what, what, what do you guys got cooking over there at Raiders.com slash Espanol? Yeah, I know the content keeps on rolling. We're going to more than likely be filming a podcast once the com- combine ends. Obviously, awesome. we got the great silver and black productions crew out there in Indianapolis. So once all the information gets digested, then we can end up uh, filming a pod, putting out an article, and uh, see what the silver and black got, got grilling ahead of the draft in April, but also free agencies right around the corner. That's going to be very, very interesting, and you're going to see how those cards are going to start falling and what what steps the Raiders might be making potentially in the following days. Great stuff. I love it. Thank you so much, Harry, for coming on. we do it again next weekend. Take care, guys. Have a nice weekend. You right, too, buddy. Is. Harry Ruiz. Honey and Raider Dog. He doesn't want to send anything to show, hey, in the fam. Come on. Right? Just a thoughtful note. <laughs> uh, a photo collage from Prince.com, right? Yeah, yeah. That, a lot of different options. Something like gifts for under 10 bucks. Amazon has it very clearly figured out. You yeah. know, just send something a little over, you know. Yeah, just send. Let them know you care. It's right. not all dollars and cents. It's not all hits and ground outs and home runs. <laughs> Harry's like, I got 17 boxes in storage. I'm, I'm not sending anyone any gifts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they have underperformed as a club considering the talent that they've acquired. And so I understand uh, let's go. Championship mm-hmm. time. But we always leave time for love. What do you think about uh, what he said about J.J. McCarthy? Uh, like the, you know, because J.J. spoke, you know, earlier mm-hmm. today. And it's something that I think everyone wants to know. Like, all right, getting to know you, who mm-hmm. are you really? Because you're kind of an enigma surrounded by a Harbaugh-led championship team. How do you separate yourself from all the other greatness that's surrounding you? Yeah, I, I, I find it interesting that he ha- ha- revealed that most of the time when he's going into these meetings and he's trying to sell himself, right? Like we're all trying to sell ourselves and 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 get what we want and get the fair value for. And he's using, I, I win. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. I, I show up and I win. There's not a lot of losses to my categorization. And I know like Antonio Pierce said in, in his comments, whether it was yesterday or the day before that, because time is a social construct, about a battle-tested quarterback, somebody that's faced adversity. And I think J.J. McCarthy is one of those rare uh, prospects where they have faced adversity, but they've also won at a very high level. Because usually when you're only suffering one or two losses in your starter career, you're like, well, what true adversity have you battled through? But he had to get there. He had to go through. He, remember, we were, the Michigan didn't exactly have an answer at quarterback. It was kind of a cast of characters for Yeah, a they while. were trying guys out, it almost seemed like, on the fly. Correct. And so... Um, 
I, I kind of liken it to probably something that Aiden went through. Now, I know Aiden went sixth down on the depth chart, battled his way up and up and up. <laughs> sure did. But that's where that's not such a limited sample size for me. That's different than what we were talking about with the with the other quarterback prospect where he's been in programs, but he's been hurt a lot too. You know, it's it's about how you've been able to develop. And so we know that he has great leadership qualities. Uh, he said that uh, Sean Payton was a legend. And so I'm like, mm, <laughs> weakness right correct and so uh, I think that he's a guy that probably has the best chance to improve his stock okay and and I think a lot of that has to do with how he approaches these interviews how he's talking to the media and then we'll see how it goes on the field because I don't think there's like these glaring questions that I have about him and his ability to play it's just it's the big question we have about everybody can you play uh, serviceable at the next level, and also, what is the expectation for him if he's drafted? Is he is he expected to start right away? It's an interesting thought, and Vinny live at the NFL Combine checking it all out. How do you think JJ McCarthy is going to try to like shed that uh, that onus of having like all the raw raw ability in the world, but yet an elite upside? How will he try to like translate his skills into showing everybody that he is somebody that can like be a starter? You know, maybe not just day one, but somebody that can compete for a starter in his rookie season. Yeah, and let's keep this in perspective when we're talking about enhancing uh, his draft status. We're basically talking about, you know, uh, maybe going from, uh, which I think he will, uh, maybe going from a top, uh, you know, uh, from 10 to 20 to a top 10 pick. Um, so that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, he's a, he's a definitely a, a an extremely highly regarded uh, prospect and probably quarterback four. The question is, will he end up in that top 10, which I, I think he will. Um, and how he goes, uh, you know, about that. I mean, I, I think, you know, when you watch the tape and you see him in the high leverage situations that he was put in and he was his numbers were as good, if not better across the board than everybody else in this draft in those types of situations, third and longs, third downs uh, in the red zone, um, you know, uh, running or, or throwing in scramble situations, his 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 throwing percentage or completion percentage was the best among the best top, uh, top prospects when he had to throw on the run. So things like that. Obviously, there's a little bit of projection, but 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 um, you know, there, I think for the for those who know when they put it on the tape, they'll definitely see that. And then today, tomorrow, it's a chance for him to really put uh, you know the the arm strength and the accuracy. Um, uh, on display, you know, uh, in this kind of a setting. And you have, always have to keep that in perspective uh, as well. And also the athletic ability. I don't think he's going to run the 40 uh, here. Um, yeah, tight hammy, right? He's not yeah, doing the it, vertical jump or the broad jump either. Right, exactly. I, he's he's going to decide whether or not to do that um, in terms of his, his pro day. So we'll, we'll see about that. Uh, but the athletic ability is there too, uh, as well. He's 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 fast. He's quick. He's got a great arm, um, and and so again, it's it's a question for him when you're talking about elevating his status. Is he going to be a mid first round pick, or is he going to be a top ten first round pick? And I think he is going to be that. All right, let's hear from uh, J.J. McCarthy. We'll take a break. We'll come back to hear from him from today's media availability, as well as Jaden Daniels. And Jaden also stopped by CBS Sports to talk with Josina Anderson. Interesting thoughts, all that and more. It's on Raider Nation Radio, the morning tailgate. Lindsey, Vinny, and Clay, let's go. For McCarthy. Steps up, and as he throws, doesn't matter. Colston Loveland, touchdown Michigan. From the Big Ten Network. Thanks for the highlights from Michigan's J.J. McCarthy, Lindsey, Vinny, and Clay here on Raider Nation Radio. 
We got some great sound from today's uh, media availability over at the Combine in Indianapolis. Q and Vinny Bonsignor doing a great job. And one of them was J.J. McCarthy, quarterback of Michigan. He spoke earlier today. We also have Jaden Daniels sound, which you definitely want to hear, as well as a little snippet from his little interview with Josina Anderson at CBS Sports. But here's J.J. from the podium. What have your interactions been like with the Bears so far? Been great formal interview. Uh, it was awesome just you know watching tape with them, going over you know our our plays a little bit, and you know they got me up on the board to retain some information. We did pretty well, so it was awesome. Uh, I'm not a big comparison guy. I'm just somebody you know. Obviously, I take bits and pieces from other players' games, but I try to make it my own and be the best version of myself. Because there's only one JJ McCarthy, just like there's only one Tom Brady, only one. Joe Burrow, all those guys. JJ, have you spoken with young I would say enjoy it when it's not a job. Just that camaraderie you get with the teammates that you never, that most of them are never going to play football again. You know, those are so invaluable. And I would say never leave any stone unturned. You know, there's so many ways to develop. There's so many ways to get better. And ultimately, the last thing I would say is, you know, chase that suffering. Chase that, you know, short-term period where you're struggling and you hate to do it because ultimately, you know, it's going to lead to a better life in the long term. Um, you know, for me personally, I'm not worried about that. You know, I'm worried about, you know, just being my best self and worried about, you know, later down the road eventually being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, that's the only thing I care about. This draft class is obviously loaded. You know, a lot of older guys, a lot of really good talent. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm just going to focus on being myself, focus on grinding every day, and hopefully being one of the best in the league. What makes you, what makes you compared to all the other first-round quarterbacks? I would say just my ultimate selflessness, my ultimate love for the game, and I don't know a lot of the guys that meditate, so I guess that makes me How does playing in big championship games, the number that you did, just kind of swell or grow your confidence? Good to see you, Ed. Um, I would say, you know, being in those moments, whether it's, you know, out there visualizing on the field, going through every situation, you win the game in your mind. But when you actually win the game on the field, you experience all the sensations of doing it on that big stage. It just gives you so much more confidence. And with experience comes wisdom, and that's invaluable. JJ, have you, you've always been just talking about you keep talking about and have for a long time being a team guy, but this is about you, right? How are you sort of balancing that? Um, I would say that, you know, that's who I am, being a team guy. You know, it's not something that I'm going to start being, you know, selfish now because I have to sell myself more. I'm going to sell myself on how much I care about my teammates. And it kind of goes hand in hand with just who I am as a person is, you know, being selfless and always caring about the guy next to me more than myself. And that's just something that's innate and I really can't change. JJ, have you spoken to the Steelers at the Combine yet? Steelers? Yes. I have not, no sir. Have you spoken with the Lions formally or is there any team that maybe surprised you? Uh, I have not, no. And no team surprised me. Have you met with the Raiders yet? Yes, sir. How did that go and meeting Antonio it Pierce? It great. You know, asked great questions, great interactions. You know, Coach Pierce was awesome, great energy. Uh, Coach Getze, you know, great seeing him. Coach Campbell used to play for him, so that was really cool. That was my quarterback coach out of Michigan. And, uh, yeah, it was just awesome interactions.
All right. There it is, J.J. McCarthy. All right, Vinny, Lindsay, what do you think of some of the answers? Uh, I love the no team surprise me line. Mm-hmm. I love that, uh, yeah. especially when we contrast that with what we heard from Caleb Williams earlier. And I know, like, everybody has different expectations for themselves, but I think we, we know J.J., based off of what his answers are, is that he's he's a pretty open individual and he's there to support teammates. And I think he understands that part of his role and that's just one aspect of the quarterback position, right, Vinny? Because there's there's the managerial part of it, but then there's also sometimes you have to be able to elevate and and take everybody with you. And and that's where I think a lot of the questions are because we see the tools, we see the tape, but he wasn't given that chance. And so I think uh, that's a great podium sesh. He, he's a very measured guy. And so uh, I, I think he passes with flying colors, at least so far through that aspect. Yeah, and it's funny um, because those of us, if you remember Andrew Luck at Stanford, that's the offense he was running at Stanford too. Mm. Um, you know, he was just, you know, such a big physical uh, player. And I, and I think maybe a little bit of more of a wow factor sometimes, especially playing in the Pac-12 um, where teams aired it out a little bit more. But it's the same, it's pretty much the same concept. When you think about Andrew Luck at Stanford, you think about guys like Toby Gerhardt, um, you know, a running game, good, strong, where they're running for almost 2,000 yards. You know, it was, it was, and then you had a great quarterback in Andrew Luck, obviously, and he was the top pick in, in his draft. But it's sort of the same concept. Um, and and I, I'm not quite sure why uh, J.J. kind of gets classified um, or, or, or was miscast uh, sometimes, um, mischaracterized, I should say. Uh, you know, as somebody that was just a game manager, because he mm-hmm. certainly was able, when asked, uh, to to do things uh, that quarterbacks sometimes have to do just to win football games or to make big plays. You know, and and winning football games, winning plays, it's not just the game-winning touchdown throw. Sometimes it's you know completing a pass on third and nine when you're sitting there at your own nine, uh, and it's a three-point game, and you better go get that first down right now to extend that drive and 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 making that throw and making that pass and converting that first down uh, to move the chains and eat some more clock those are winning plays that he made quite often um it just maybe not have been what you know might not have been like the 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 crazy numbers and and all of that type of stuff but he certainly has it in him and i think the demeanor is there when when, when you talk to him and see how personable uh he is and um how conscientious he is of, of his teammates um i thought that came across as well today so uh, i think someone you know and you have to look at that record i don't care um, how much talent was around him? When you go twenty-seven and one uh, as the starting quarterback, or twenty-seven or twenty-eight and one, uh, whatever it was, as a starting quarterback at that level of play, and you go to the playoffs, you know the only pl- the only loss was uh, a playoff loss, um, and you know obviously that was just a bad night for Michigan. But then they come, they rebound from that, go undefeated uh, again the next year, and cap it off uh, with a with a win in the national championship game. There's that's something um, uh, for me. I I, I like when I see that kind of a record as a starting quarterback. All right, that's Vinny live in Indianapolis for the Combine. We'll take a break. We'll come back in two minutes with the Jaden Daniels sound. All that and more. It's the morning tailgate. Welcome back to the gate. Lindsey Clay, Vinny on site at the NFL Draft Combine. And we got nothing but great audio for you guys this morning. We've been talking to quarterbacks all day at Caleb Williams, we had uh, the Milton character, Joe, from Tennessee, and now it's time to go to a name that I know many of Raider Nation is very interested to hear from, Jaden Daniels, from the draft combine earlier this morning. I would just say just the preparation, um, what Coach Kelly did at practice, he put us in those type of situations to 
I prepared for the game, so when the game came in, it just uh, tended to be more easier. Were you, where have you seen the biggest growth in your game from BSU to LSU? Yeah, I'll just say just my growth uh, overall as a person, not even a football player, but just an overall human being. Um, from 18 to all the way to uh, finishing my last game at 22. Uh, you know, it's been a long journey, but just my growth as a person, that's the, that's the biggest change. Jay, you played, obviously, the Arizona State and LSU, you're a California guy. How would you feel if you had to play in the Northeast eventually? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to just be blessed wherever I, I hear my name called. Uh, it's a blessing. It's something that, uh, as a kid, that I dreamt about uh, from day one. You know, want to play in the NFL, want to be a part of this fraternity. Um, and, you know, uh, dreams of reality real soon. How did Malik neighbors help you know, feed off each other and be better players? Yeah, I mean, just uh, he's a great person outside of football. Um, he's a hard worker, very competitive. So uh, two competitive people going at it, uh, trying to push each other to be better each and every day. Uh, that's my brother. Um, you know, I love him to death. And uh, without him, you know, I wouldn't be in a situation like this. What was your favorite ball to throw to him? Uh, I mean, uh, it's pretty obvious. Uh, slot fade, you know, throw fade ball to him. Jaden, what was your uh, meetings like with the Raiders, especially with Coach Pierce and your relationship? Yeah, um, it was great. Uh, obviously, going in there, I uh, knew Coach uh, Antonio Pierce, um, but just overall meeting the whole staff, uh, meeting everybody, it was great, great energy. Uh, be able just to sit down and talk ball. Can you vision yourself playing in Vegas under Pierce? Um, yeah, I mean, I could vision myself playing anywhere. So, um, you know, obviously, I, I have to, I know him. Uh, I was at ASU with him, but. Uh, not even just him, but just everybody. You know, I, I'm just grateful to be in this position, this opportunity. Jaden, you mentioned the competitiveness. When you run around, sometimes you want to use that just part of your game, the competitiveness, or do you want to take fewer hits? Um, going forward, take fewer hits, but as just a competitive person in me, uh, I always want to fight for extra yards. Uh, being a little too greedy sometimes, um, but you know, I was blessed, and God blessed me to be able to bounce back up. Do you feel like you should be the first pick overall? I just want to go to the best situation. If that's the first pick, if that's the 32nd pick, uh, you know, I'm just blessed uh, overall just to be here. And uh, no matter where I hear my name call, I'll be happy. What was the most unexpected thing thrown at you in so <laughs> I won't say it was anything crazy. Um, you know, I was just able to go on there and just really just talk ball with everybody. Um, you know, to, to talk about my life and, you know, obviously the interview stuff. But it wasn't anything crazy that, that got thrown at me. Uh, it was good just be able to uh, put a name to a face. Obviously, I know uh, the names of those guys to be able to sit down and just have a, a human con uh, contact with them, talk eye to eye with them. Um, it was just great to go in there and just uh, really just talk, get to know them, they get to know me. All right, there it is, Jaden Daniels, live from today's Combine Media Sessions. And uh, for me, I, I love to hear the questions about uh, has he talked with the Raiders? And I'd just like to see, like, what are the facial uh, marks and stuff like that? Because he has a history with Antonio Pierce at Arizona State. But he also talked about, you know, he, you know, when Q asked him, can you envision yourself playing in Las Vegas? I, I would love to see his face for that. Uh, what, how did he come off today, Vinny, uh, to you as far as, like, being compared with all the other guys and what sets himself differently? Yeah, um, well, he is, he's definitely a different type of quarterback um, compared to some of the others. He's just such a, such a dynamic um, playmaker, you know, with his with his legs, uh, with his arms, 40 touchdowns, four interceptions. I think he had 57 
touchdowns to, to nine interceptions uh, at LSU. That's just ridiculous, uh, especially for somebody who threw the ball as much as, as, as he did. You know, then you throw in the close to 1,200 yards uh, rushing um, last year and then 10 touchdowns running it. So he accounted for 50 touchdowns last year. That's absurd. Those are, um, you know, uh, uh, gamer type, type, type numbers right there. Uh, obviously, that's why he won the won the Heisman Trophy, um, and and I think he could do everything on a football field. So no worries about that. A little worried about protecting himself. You put on the tape and you watch. He's taken some hellacious hits, um, and it's not because he doesn't see it coming or you know is just surprised. He takes it on, and uh, I would imagine whoever uh, he gets drafted by will say, "Hey, look." You know, uh, we don't need you doing that in October. <laughs> you know, we don't need you doing that in September. Take care of yourself. We need you out there, you know, for 17 games a year or, or however, you know, many close to that. So uh, that's that's one of the concerns. But honestly, that's the only concern that, that, that I have with him. The numbers, the tape, it all speaks for itself. And I think he's a humble kid. And um, and I think that that's the quarterback, to be perfectly honest, that if, if there was a number one for the Raiders, uh, it's him. Uh, and that's off the assumption, too, that Caleb Williams, um, they're just not going to be able to have access to Caleb Williams. Uh, so I think I think they're they're thinking of it realistically. Jaden Daniels would, would be number one on their list. Uh, and, and I do think J.J. Uh, McCarthy uh, is in that picture as well if they can't get up to get Jaden Daniels. Well, and the great news is, is that I think when Jaden Daniels probably first envisions himself where he would like to go, I think it has a lot of silver and black background to it. So we got some audio that may indicate supporting evidence of such, but we have to wait for after the ba- break for that, right, Clay Bebe? All right, on the other side, we'll hear from uh, CBS Sports' Josina Anderson, who sat down with Jaden Daniels at an interesting little bite as it, uh, as it talks about you know what would it be like if he heard on the phone Antonio Pierce calling his name. But before we do, we'll give you a chance to win these rub- rugby tickets for Rugby Association. It debuts Saturday on the national soil of Allegiant Stadium. I have a four-pack of tickets for you for Saturday, March 2nd. First time ever, National Rugby League's kicking off its season on American soil. So call now, 702-365-9200, pregate tailgate party at 3 p.m. First match kicks off at 5.30, Let's get back to the morning tailgate, the show that's better than an alarm clock to start your day. Because you had a, you know, your relationship with Antonio Pierce, yeah. obviously back to your days at Arizona State as your recruiting coordinator. Now, the thing that's probably interesting, too, is the teams that potentially could come up for you. Right. What do you think? is the potential that AP, you know, he's talked about how much he knows you, could potentially come up for you. Man, we're going to see. Uh, <laughs> we are going to see. Uh, you know, AP is a great guy. He's the right guy for the job. And uh, if he did and I hear my name called and I on draft day I hear my uh, hear my phone call uh, ring and it's AP, you know, I don't know what I'll do. So uh, we'll see. But Right now, you know, I'm just blessed. I'm taking it day by day. I, I let everybody handle that. You know, that's that's what that's what they're for. You know, I'm focusing on being the best player, the best uh, version of myself. That's Jaden Daniels on CBS Sports with Josina Anderson. All right, the smile on his face. He lit up like a Christmas tree when mm-hmm. asked about Antonio Pierce uh, on draft day. If he hears his phone ring and it's him on the other side. Uh, you know what? It's it's something that go, just coincides with this week as Antonio Pierce was being peppered with questions like that. And at the same time, he goes and says, hey, we are going to make sure that we go find that franchise quarterback and we'll do whatever it takes. It's not going to be a Band-Aid this time around. So 
Uh, do you think like this could be uh, more of a marriage uh, in, in certain ways, or do you think like maybe this is kind of like a a little bit of a smokescreen to say, yeah, we're really interested in him, but we'd like to trade up and find the best available quarterback who we really feel is the best person and fit for what we want in this offense? Yeah, no, I don't think there's any uh, sense of a smokescreen whatsoever. I think that uh, they would like to make a trade up. That, but but them wanting to and and liking that thought means nothing if they can't find uh, the necessary dance partner. And when you're talking about Jaden Daniels, you're talking about somebody within that top three. Now, there has been some um, you know, scuttlebutt here uh, in Indianapolis, and it seems to be gaining a little bit of steam. Um, and, and that's the scenario where Washington has its eyes on Caleb Williams. Washington, that's, that's his hometown. He's a Maryland kid. Um, obviously, that's where the, the commanders are situated uh, in, in, in that neck of the woods. Uh, and they they've obviously obviously got Cliff Kingsbury, um, his former you know uh, uh, assistant coach at USC. So uh, there's a familiarity there. There's that's where he's from, and and it, Washington, it sounds like really has uh, their eyes on him. But the Chicago Bears have the first pick overall, so there's no guarantees that Washington's going to be able to pry that away from Chicago in order to draft um, you know uh, Caleb Williams. So if that's closed off to them. The thought process here uh, among some people, and it's you know seems to be uh, something that's gaining a little bit of steam, is that if they can't get their guy, then they'll re- re- regroup a little bit and maybe trade out of the second pick in order to get more assets, um, you know, to help their rebuild uh, along. Because as we know, you know, Washington's kind of in a in a bad spot right now with their entire roster. Mm. So if that is the case, and Washington is open to trading pick number two, and again, I'm not saying that that is the case, but there is some some speculation that if they can't get Caleb, that they would be open to trading out of number two. That's where the obviously the Raiders would 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 come into play and potentially moving up from 13 uh, to number two. Yeah, I'm just looking at some of their draft picks from this year, and then obviously going forward, if they ha- they don't have certain first rounders, they have everything beyond 2024, and then they have a couple extra picks from this year from both the Montez Sweat and the Chase Young deals that were made before the 2023 trade deadline. So they obviously have the number two overall, uh, number 36, 40, 67, 100, 103, 138, 181, and 220, and so they can absolutely uh, add to that roster. And in, in terms of what you're saying, Vinny, and, and a lot of spots to fill, but we could say the same thing about Chicago. Chicago, can't we, Clay? Like, in mm-hmm. terms of the weapons that they brought in to fortify Justin Fields and whatever way they go with that, there's going to need to be more. There needs to be more. And, like, uh, I wonder how much Washington is listening to, you know, their new offensive coordinator and wondering, like, all right, what's the path we go to and how, how badly do we need to change things? Because uh, if they trade back, what kind of quarterback will they envision? Like, how trust, how trusting will they be with like not getting like the top guys mm-hmm. and maybe having to settle? Because the last thing they want to do is try to settle when they had a number two pick. But for them, uh, they have everything wide open to them. They they have so much work to go and figure out how to like fix this team that maybe the quarterback isn't just the answer in Washington. They have so many other holes they need to fill. Yeah, and it, it kind of speaks to, uh, and, and I believe this wholeheartedly that um, there's there's a tier uh, amongst those top three, and I think Jade or I think Caleb Williams is the number one guy, and and I think there's it's not a big fall off. I'm not saying that, but I, but I think I think there is a a next level, and that's where the Jaden Daniels, and that's where the Drake Mays, depending on how you feel about Drake May, and that's where you know potentially a, a, a JJ McCarthy is in that mix. Um, but but Caleb to me. And I think 
a, a lot of people uh, agree uh, is that he's he's unto himself. So I think I just can't imagine why the Chicago Bears would let that pass up. I know that they need uh, help, uh, you know, in, in other areas of their team. But uh, I feel like, quite frankly, he's a generational talent. Uh, if I'm Chicago, I'm drafting him. You got you, you traded out a number one last year, got a whole bunch of assets. You still have the you still have the pick, you know, the, the ninth pick overall, which I guarantee you there's still going to be a really good wide receiver or offensive tackle that's there for you at number nine. Just stay put, trade Justin Fields, get what you can from him to add uh, to the draft picks. Uh, take the generational talent. Don't overthink it. Uh, get your guy uh, and then and then rebuild around him because you you have a whole bunch of assets to build, to rebuild around him based on the trade that you made last year and the potential trade for of, of Justin Fields. It's Vinny live in Indianapolis for the Draft Combine. We'll step aside and come back with Chris Thomas, former Super Bowl champion, wide receiver. He joins us next on the Morning Tailgate. <laughs> 